This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Just let out a big sigh. I rarely do this, but I think uh, on this occasion, I think I speak for everybody with that big sigh. <sighs> the offseason. Locker clean out. Here we are again. And like it has been the last couple of years or few years, it is complicated. Not obvious, I, I think anyway. Maybe it's obvious to somebody in their mind to figure out what like to do about the Bills' shortcomings, you know? They lost another really close game, winnable game, to a team that's kind of al- almost a dynasty already. That doesn't sit well, but no shame in it. What do you do about it? I think they are a dynasty already. Six straight AFC championships. Right. I mean, games. Three Super Bowls, two wins. I, yeah. that I think in this era, that, that qualifies. How do you beat them? Is there a way? Yeah. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Sal, I remember you saying this like last week, or actually it's before the game in Miami, that imagine that, you know, here this run to the playoffs, and there's a chance that it actually we're talking about locker cleanout uh, like the next day. It's very sudden mm-hmm. how it hits. And you can also look at that from the two-minute warning last night when the Bills are in pretty good shape to two plays and a missed field goal later when it's just like suddenly over. Yeah, that's right. Pretty abruptly and kind of anticlimactically, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's you, you trot, you know, um, try Tyler Bass out there, and I thought to myself, "Oh my God!" I, I'm just standing there thinking, and you probably did too. But you're standing there on the field watching it close up, and I'm like, "Boy, if this doesn't go through, like the season's over." And sure enough, it didn't. And you have the remaining minute, whatever, left to kind of ponder that and think about it, and. You know, the fans are looking at the timeouts, and no, there's nothing you can do. You're not getting the ball back. Game's over. A little anticlimactic, very sudden, very abrupt, and boom, suddenly we're back at one Bills drive today, and guys got these big boxes, and they're putting all their stuff in it, cleaning out their lockers. Do, how, how much different does this year feel, aside from the fact that it's another year with them hitting their head, uh, you know, on the same ceiling in the divisional round? Um, all week in the run-up to the game, it felt, more important than these other playoff games. I, I'm not sure if that's just 
time and history working on me, but you got them at home here. Um, let's, it's time to go win this game, right? And a part of that was what this offseason is going to be. And I mean, we're here, we're, you know, we're not even 24 hours, <laughs> not even 24 hours from the game starting um, and pondering like what the future holds. It feels like there's just way more uncertainty about who will be back and how they will supplement guys who aren't back than there has been any of these other years. I agree with that. Um, they have age challenges, guys, you know, getting older, aging out. They have obviously salary cap challenges and contract challenges. So that goes along with it. But I think that the feeling you feel I share as well. And probably a lot of fans bulldog, which is you just, you know, this was your chance. And despite all of that, does it really matter? Because will you ever beat this team? Does it really matter? Because will you ever get to where you need to go knowing that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are in your conference? You had everything you wanted. It was set up for you. No, you didn't get the one seed. I get it. But that was it. Everything else, though, was there. Home for the playoffs. Two games. Home for Patrick Mahomes, his first ever road game. I mean, we were talking about this in the offseason. Like, God, get this guy on the road. Have him come to Buffalo. Let's see what we can do here. Let's see what anybody can do to knock him out. I think that's also part of it. So it's all baked in there for all of us, which is – Yep, there's going to be all this uncertainty, all this these questions, what's going to happen? And at the end of the day, you think, does it all even matter? Because I don't know if they can even get there with, the, with, with what's happened here because this was the chance to get there. Well, let's explore that some more. I mean, Kansas, I think you'd agree. Kansas City played an excellent game. Uh, there, there were no yeah. big mistakes. They made their field goals. That first kick, I'm thinking, like, they're just saying on the broadcast, nobody's making from 50 in this game. Uh, drilled that on and on. So that leaves us where? Like, to what extent, Sal, if I can word it, just to word it some way, are the Bills responsible uh, or to blame for this loss? There there were things, like how far would you want to go in, I don't know, laying them out for not winning? Well, I think it came down to a few different things, and you can always kind of parse that different ways, right? But I don't think the defensive line showed up very well. I mean, guys, they, they, they had not only zero sacks, they officially two quarterback hurries on Patrick Mahomes. However they want to calculate that, that was in the official game book, two quarterback hurries. Their defensive line, only one player. One Now, granted, defensive linemen don't normally get a ton of tackles, but only one player on the entire defensive line had more than one tackle, and that was Von Miller, who had two. Wow. Um, there was no pressure on Mahomes the whole night, and I can I just can't get over how well the Chiefs ran the ball. As much as the linebackers were hurt, you had two run-stopping linebackers in there, A.J. Klein and, Ty- and Tyrell Dodson. Those guys are more run guys mm-hmm. than they are coverage guys. We know that. And just the Bills' D-line has played so good all year. Yeah, they've been leaky at times against the run, but, man, the Chiefs just ran the ball. So that's where I would kind of start on that side of the ball, which is they couldn't stop them. They just couldn't stop them. And then once you do that, then you obviously have some compromised player on the back, players in the back end. Sure, Injuries aren't an excuse, right? We say that about sports, but there's certainly a reason. And once you start dipping into, you know, extra players all over on different levels and different sides, you know, right and left and, you know, multiple guys at each position, those things matter. Yeah. So I would say that, Mike. Yeah. And and then I would say on the other side of the ball, you left they left themselves very little margin for error for how they wanted to play this game. And that margin for error showed up. 
the 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 fact that the back end of the defense was as compromised as it was, even Douglas strapping it up and playing like he he looked compromised. We know about the linebacker situation. Yep. Uh, poor AJ Klein chasing Travis Kelsey around. I mean, that's just not not ideal at all. I was dreading it, and it came to fruition. You know, credit Kansas City. Yep. That draws that much more attention to the failure of the defensive line to really perform in this game, Sal, because they had all their dudes. Right, I mean, Von Miller's yep. compromised by the injury still, and it's not, and maybe, I don't know if he'll ever get back to being what he was when he even first got here, um, but the rest of, you know, you, you've got your guys, and they're, yeah, the idea that we've got this game at home, and silent counts, and their tackles are leaky, mm-hmm. I mean, it just never showed up. I mean, it's two years in a row we were expecting to have our, our way to an extent with an offensive line. Last year it was the Bengals because they were injured and had backups playing, and here it was, you know, you've got your guys, let's go, and it just never happened. That's right, and... I, I think if even if you went back to, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday last week, and we were dissecting this game, if you said, what's the Bills' biggest advantage in this game? I would have said Bills' D-line against the Chiefs' O-line, considering everything you just said, with Taylor and his problems and, you know, the, the tackles they've been, you know, uneven mm-hmm. this year at best and on the road and silent counts, all those things you just said. So that was very disappointing. But I don't want to just sound like I'm blaming the defense. I'm not. I think that there, right. are re- there were things that they just did not – perform at a high enough level and they had injuries but on the offensive side and and look I I actually understand because of that I think the Bills knew this right they knew their defense was going to have maybe hey you know what we're in a tough spot here we're going to have maybe a tougher time stopping them because of the backups we have now I don't think they knew or thought that their D-line wouldn't perform the way it didn't but at least they probably were very self-aware and recognized hey you know what what's the best way then we got to keep the ball in offense we got to make sure that we can control the game and we got to finish drives when we do it well guess what they controlled the game very well early on i mean they ran the ball it was they were over 5 yards a carry i thought it was a magnificent game plan they're going 7 minute drives 8 minute drives but first drive don't convert in the red zone you get a field goal that winds up hurting them and then when you play like that and you play a close game like that you do leave yourself little margin for error and then the then the errors showed up which were the drop passes right i mean little things like that that mm-hmm. kind of you you, you got to convince you got to connect on those kinds of things if you're going to play a game like that and put yourself in that position and again i don't mind the philosophy of knowing this is how we have to play this game and win it but when you do that, you do put yourself in a position where you can't have critical mistakes or you're going to be the one chasing the other team. Well, Stefan Diggs has had quiet playoff games, but in this one, this one includes, I think we would all call one at least one critical mistake. He fumbles on the first play of the yeah. game, by the way, uh, but that's not it. This drop. Sal, we had a lot of conversation last year about him and just everybody's feelings uh, a year later, no progress in terms of the ultimate team result more quiet games in the second half than even last year. Where are we now with him? Well, I will tell you that last year we saw the, you know, the actions, if you want to call it that, on the sidelines during the Miami game. I'm sorry, Cincinnati game at home. And then, you know, he came out of the locker room and he he left early and he wasn't there after the game, didn't speak. Now, he also generally a lot of times doesn't speak after games, uh, especially after losses, even sometimes after wins. So I'll say that about this year. But this year, 
We didn't see any of that stuff on the sideline. I know you said there was something going on. I didn't see what you were talking about earlier, Mike. He like pointed or something after a, after like, the drop and like put it right a, here. After the drop pass, there's an ISO on him, and he makes that like this close might be the best way to yeah. describe yeah, like the in, gesture. Index finger and thumb, like he, yeah. He right. did the same thing in the Pittsburgh game when there was a pass that yeah. was just off, and he was looking at the defender like this close, almost like I I could have had you. It just. It seems to me it's probably like throw a better ball, but he's not pointing at Allen like that happened last year in the playoffs. I don't know why otherwise you would make that gesture because, you know, it was a drop. It went right through his hands, and it's just another reason I think a a reasonable person might wonder how he feels about being here. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I didn't see it, but I I, you could assume that. I don't know if I would or not. But either way, I wanted to do say, though, that I was – I was pretty late in the locker room yesterday. Like, I was there pretty late. I stayed around, you know, getting guys. He was one of maybe five or six still there. So he did not like he left early, stormed out, anything like that. Him and Trent Sherfield actually were still sitting at their lockers chatting uh, while maybe there was maybe four or five defensive backs still in there. And um, I think that was about it. Maybe one or two other guys. So I don't know. We didn't, we didn't see him today uh, down at locker cleanout. But I only saw, like, probably 20 to 25 guys they have the exit interviews. They come in and out. They they know we're there if they don't want to come in. What? Not saying that that's the case or at, at all. Like I said, there was a lot of guys I didn't see today, um, but we didn't hear from him. We didn't see him today at locker cleanout. What What do they do when they if they want to avoid the media? Do they have their locker cleaned out earlier? Uh, no. There's a they can yeah they can do it later. They can do it earlier. Yeah, they can do it earlier. They can do it later. Uh, there's only a certain time that we're basically down there. And I don't even know when they said, hey, you guys are out of here because we were there for a while. And then once Josh Allen talked and Deion Dawkins talked, that was pretty much it. Media started wrapping up. So I didn't know if they put a drop-dead time on it, to be honest with you. But, yeah, they could do it earlier. They could do it later. Um, it happens the same thing in the regular season. Like, they know when we're in there with open locker room and you know, they can kind of come and go. They can go down, lift weights or go wherever and you know, they walk in and out. Or they can just say, you know, I don't want to talk. <laughs> they see us and don't want to talk. I didn't right. necessarily get that from anybody else, anybody today. So, um, but yeah, they can avoid if they want to, and it's not that hard. Yeah. I, I, I heard and read from a few different reporters that Diggs was asked if he wanted to talk after the game and said he, he just declined, right. which, you know, he's, you know, he's allowed to do that. Um, it is maybe going to be a little different this year. I mean, we'll see. There's no one universal opinion about him and his role on this team, Sal. But last year felt more to me like, I hope he's happy. We need to keep him happy. We need him. He's important. And this year, I, and this, I'm not saying this just because of the drop, but the production overall, like he was not the focal point of their offense anymore and hasn't been for weeks on weeks here and the cap number is immense so like i i mean i wonder what there's just a lot of questions i think that are going to be out there and we'll have you know months and months to um you know sit with them and discuss them but like i wonder about their appetite to want to pay him what they're paying him considering how their offense looked well they almost have no choice because, like you said, the contract is a tough number, even if they wanted to um, get out of the contract. I mean, it's almost impossible. The dead money on it before June 1st would be $31 million. You just can't you can't absorb that. In fact, it would be like 34 because you'd actually – the cap savings would be in the minus, not mm-hmm. the plus. Yeah. So that wouldn't happen. Now, Ooh. if you go <laughs> post-June 1, 
You can do that. You can go post June 1. You can have an $8 million dead cap, 8.8, which is still significant, but you'd save $19 million. The problem with that is you don't get the money until after June 1st, and you have to spread it over two years. So um, the, the only option here, if they don't have that appetite, as you say, to pay him, would be really they, they would have to get with him, rework the contract to make it amenable to get rid of him, trade or release. Like that's how that would have to happen. Um, so I don't know what the answer there is other than that Stefan Diggs is a member of the 2024 right. Buffalo Bills. And then if, even if you had an appetite and he was amenable to that and wanted to do that, you then have a problem of like, who, who are your wide receivers mm-hmm. next year? Right. I mean, cause right. Gabe Davis right. is probably walking out the door and where, where, you know, where am I? Like, there's not, there's not a, a new one in waiting, you know, like Shakir's nice. Right. Um, but he's not that guy, so I'm almost nowhere if I do that. So it's a it's one of the many very interesting parts of how these next few months will go. Yeah, and by the way, just to clear that, clean that up, and clear that up for everybody, if they were to wait till after June first and say we just we want to do this, you're talking two straight years of close to nine million dollars in dead money for a player not on your roster because you have to spread it out over two years. So you just again, I don't see that happening. But you're right, Bulldog. I mean, they they have a. But they have a roster issue as it is at wide receiver on, you know, where their weapons are, their weapons issue maybe, and how they want to factor and figure this out going forward. Trent Sherfield is a free agent. Deontay Hardy is not. Gabe Davis is a free agent. They just brought Andy Isabella back today on a reserve contract. Khalil Shakir is under contract. That's nice. He's only in his second year, so he's on his rookie deal for a couple of years. That's nice to have. But the way I see it right now, unless the two sides get together and he agrees to some sort of huge pay cut reworking, that Stefan Diggs is a member of the 2024 Buffalo Bills. This can probably wait. Well, of course it can. We'll be talking about this kind of thing a lot. But, Sal, just surface level the day after the season ends, I, I'm yeah. sort of like not here for more restructuring, more push it down the road, kick it down the road. <laughs> you know, like last year at the end of the season press conference, Brandon Bean was like, this year's going to be hard for contracts. We're not signing a Von Miller again. And they didn't. And this year is when they're literally and figuratively going to have to pay for some of these decisions, Knox and Oliver and other guys, not just the obvious ones where they've extended them. So, I mean, it's not only going to be one way, but I feel like, you know, this is the year to retool. Yeah, I mean, but Mike, I don't know. I I think there are still guys they can do that with, and they probably will do that with. And retool is an interesting word that you use, like, you could is retooling rebuilding it doesn't have to be you still have josh allen so i i i got you and i say and i think that as long as you have josh allen you can retool and maybe you got to make some tough decisions and you'll be okay right you could do that but there are guys that you can go to and it wouldn't kill you to do this Deion dawkins is one of them Deion dawkins had the best season of his career to me i think he played terrific he's under contract for one more year at nine he's got a base salary of nine million dollars you could cut that down to one million, take the other eight, push it into whatever. Boom! You save eight million dollars, and you got Deion Dawkins for a few more years. Russell Douglas, exactly the same. Now he's a little older for his position. He's gonna—he's twenty-nine, gonna be thirty. But we know the way he played. He's on the books for seven point two next year. You could do the same thing and say, "Look, let's have you for a couple more years. We'll knock it down." You could literally save a good what uh, eight, six, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen million right there. Okay, those are little restructures you can do. It doesn't have to kill you down the road to do that. That's that's all fair. I mean, again, it's not all going to go in one direction. And These you, are good examples, right. and you can do that with your quarterback too, because you're not going to be interested in moving him anytime soon. You, I wouldn't think. But each, I'm just saying, each one of these 
decisions does come at, again, literally, figuratively, a cost. I don't have to say that every time, by the way. (laughs) And you know what? What's what's your floor with Josh Allen as your quarterback? I would say 11-6 and is about your floor. Like the games they lost this year, last couple of years, they're, they're just sort of fluky losses. Not so much when you're playing the Bengals or the Chiefs in the playoffs. I mean, that's a higher level, and the point is to be to win those games. But I think if they made all kinds of changes to the roster and they got younger and, you know, hit on a couple mm-hmm. of good draft picks, they should win double digits with Allen as long as he's on the field. I agree with that. I, I Look, it goes back to last year even. How many times were any of us on these national shows, local shows in other markets? I know every single time I went on during May, June, July, August, and people would say to me, is the window closing? Is it closed? And I would say, look, as long, as long as they have Josh Allen, the window's not closed. And I believe that. I believe they will always be a contender for the AFC Championship as long as they have Josh Allen, you know, until he gets to a point where he just really can't run like he is or, you know, his arm starts to, you know, wane. But that's going to be a while, let's hope. That's, you know, another 10 years. Uh, that is true. I agree with that. So you can retool, I think. You, are, you do have decisions to make on some of these guys, some of the core foundational pieces that have been here, and specifically, obviously, Micah Hyde, whose contract is up, Jordan Poyer, who has one year left. Von Miller, he's in the same situation as Diggs. Now, you do have the off-the-field situation going on with him. We don't know how that's going to play out and how that could impact every, anything, but as it stands right now, you have Von Miller on the team because there's really nothing you can do to move him the same way with Stefan Diggs. Um Mitch Morris is under contract for one more year. He's a little older, but probably not, he's only 30 now, actually. You know, he could play for a while in this league. He said today he, you know, he plans on coming back. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm under contract. And, you know, there's been, there's been questions because of the concussion history and things like that. So there, there are some older guys or guys that have been here that you do have to make some tough decisions or at least have hard conversations on. Yeah, I, I wonder if they might have any appetite just because of the financial realities they're facing to do something with Morris because they've got Ryan Bates sitting behind him. You know, like Morse is excellent. I don't want this to happen, but I just wonder right. if they might look at, well, we, we can make room for another receiver if we, you know, it's just the machinations of the cap. And Morse to me is vulnerable, I would say, even though he says he wants to come back. Probably right. I think anytime you're looking at that cap situation, I would. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You know, that obviously Josh Allen and him, you know, he's been his 
Yeah. Or only center? Did they get Josh? It would have been his second center. You have to remember back his rookie year. But either way, you know, Morris and, and Josh Allen been together a long time. Um, Davis is one that I just don't know if you can retain. Gabe Davis, so everybody knows, did say today he's open and willing to come back. He said, I love Buffalo. I love everything about Buffalo. But he also said that his plan is to go to March and, you know, become a free agent and see what happens. And that there's been zero talk about an extension during the season, right? Yeah. Interesting Correct. going and, back to before the yeah. season because that was an idea we talked about then. Uh-huh. Cause they did that with Knox. You know, maybe they think they can get value on Davis off a year where he had an ankle injury. And I, I guess that right. did not get off the ground. So maybe that says it all. All right. Yeah. On to the offseason. Thank you, Sal. Yeah, tomorrow, guys, Sean McDermott at 11, Brandon Bean at noon. We'll hear from them about the uh, offseason as well. Okay. All right, good deal. Thanks for that info. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances <clears throat> excuse me, are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Mike Schoep and the Bulldog Buffalo Bills Football Monday. To your calls after sports, 803-0550. Bill season ends again at the hands of the Chiefs. Back after this, this is WGR. That window of opportunity definitely shows itself on paper, right? And then you go through a season and that window of opportunity can show itself through heart and effort. And I think with people that are here that are driving the spirits of our team, our window of opportunity will always be there. Like as long as we have a McDermott as our coach, I'm confident in everything that we have to do to win. Deion Dawkins today, always one of the more interesting Bills to listen to. Great season, as Sal said. Tough second-to-last play, unfortunately, for Dawkins. Yeah. yeah. It's a good guy he's going against. Good player he's going against. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But. And like he, remember, he, got back, he got backed into his quarterback. I was going to say, like, it's not like he got... He, he got beat. He got beat enough to like affect the play. It wasn't a turnstile, right? It was, yeah. It, it wasn't was, like a like a, oh get a pylon out there. Like it was just you know, and may, maybe credit Jones. Like I, I didn't pay as close attention uh, to that matchup or Jones. I felt like most of the time I was seeing Jones. He was standing on the, on the sideline with a coat on. Right. Um, but you know whatever. Um, maybe he waited until a key moment to use that technique the, the bull rush instead of trying to do something else i mean he's a big strong guy i you know maybe that would be surprising if he waited that long but if he did even more credit to him their equivalent of von miller in the game last year in kansas city where end of the game play made there right that remains the only loss in mahomes career as an underdog against the spread against the spread the bills covered that early season game last year in kansas city nine one and one Let's go to Jeff next. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Thanks, Jeff. Good. Um, I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on the final drive. It's two minutes to go, two-minute warning. We have two timeouts. They have two timeouts. We are driving the ball. We are moving the ball. And it's second down, I think, nine. And we throw the ball twice eliminate no time off of the clock it seemed like we had already decided that a field goal was acceptable but why stop driving there why stop moving the clock when you can get closer when you can you know force them to take some time out i mean you get sure. the ball back with well over you know a minute and a half to go 
And because you missed a field goal, essentially sealed your own fate. But you could have sealed your own fate anyway because you gave so much time and you didn't force them to use any timeout. So I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts on on that final drive there. Yeah. Well, I, this there's the only time I had hope. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, not to be nitpicky here, but like they were going, for, they weren't settling for the field goal. Like the the problem you might have, as Mike pointed out right away on post game yesterday, with that scenario is that they he threw a pass to an open receiver in the end zone you know and that's the play we were just talking about where Dawkins gets you know bum rushed right back to to Allen's lap and it impacts the throw i think if that doesn't happen the, maybe it's a touchdown so to to phrase it as though they weren't going for it is erroneous the way you put that but they did not do an expert job of using time um, that's where the digs, the, you know, the digs availability on that same play, the second and nine play, where Jones walks Dawkins back. If that's a completion to digs, you probably got a first down and a new set of downs, and you're looking at now they got to burn timeouts or time's going to run off one or the other, and you're still in a position to get the touchdown that's going to put you ahead by four. I'll tell you what's better than a first down on that if they go to digs there, uh, gate of seven. Third and two, okay, is better. Are you calling timeout on if you're Kansas City? If it's third and two at the nineteen, I'm not. I'm a field goal ahead. I'm not calling timeouts until you get a first down, which you do because you've Josh Allen on third and two. Then you mm-hmm. get a first down, and I'm a minute twenty, and I'm the Bills, and I'm first. I, I know I'm talking like all these things are a given, but you have Diggs running open. That's a seven yard gain. You have Josh Allen, the quarterback, who is unstoppable. So now I'm first and 10 at the 16, and I think the Chiefs maybe do call a timeout. Still a way to get another first down after that, Mm -hmm. but you're still thinking touchdown. Yes. And that's what the Bills – it's not the game in Baltimore last year where field goal wins it. They're not tied. So they are still thinking touchdown there, and you can maybe get – if it's a minute left, then it's a minute left. And I know Shakir is open. But they have the two-minute warning. They have weeks and months of preparation. I think that's what your your mindset should be to bleed this. And I can really, I feel like I can really only say that because I have the clip of Diggs running the drag, and he's not covered. And that's exactly the play you should want. And if he's covered, then I'm running. Allen is running. Yeah. And that, that should have been, yeah. in my opinion what their offense did there. What we're laying out here is like the ideal scenario. That's what the caller's problem to an extent is. Um, And, you know, fine. Like, I'd like you to be perfect too. Like, if you – because that whole drive, like they start that drive, eight minutes, the first pass is that long pass to Diggs that he doesn't catch. And I'm like, eight minutes. You're probably not going to be able to just – you're – Really, an eight-minute game-winning touchdown drive against the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs, that's how this game's going to end. It just seemed almost just too hard to pull off. But but you could have. It was there. Um, All of that said... I have no problem with Allen throwing a pass to the the receiver. Like he he looked the safety off. He created the space for Shakir. And what he doesn't know is that Chris Jones is going to back his left tackle right into his left hip and impact the throw. And there you go. So you know, tough one. Um, but I, I to me, I can defend 
I know I'm not home free there. There's going to be all that time left and two timeouts, and it's a four-point game, and a touchdown beats me, and it's Patrick Mahomes. But it's, I know. Not, it's not 13 seconds either because they can't kick a field goal. That's right. Huge and, difference. And, 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 I think that's a, an enormous difference. Huge difference, which is why I think also the Chiefs were wrong to decline the offside penalty on the Bills at 26-24. I don't think Reed wanted to take the bait and be on the hook for all well, the bait hook. Uh, missing if they don't score, if they don't make the right. two, and then a field goal beats them. But the difference between a three-point lead and a four-point lead is massive. And the Chiefs passed on the opportunity for the four-point lead, took the kick for three. Hey, the, they had the Bills had four six-minute-plus drives in this game. They had 8-25 in the third quarter for a touchdown. The first drive of the game is almost seven minutes long. I have the same instinct as you. Eight twenty-three left. I can't end the game on this, but they really could have. They got close. Yeah, they really could have, and they had three previous drives in the game to base that on, that were long and. Yeah. Pro- know, problem is, problem is what I don't know what Kansas City if they did anything different uh, up front, but once the ground game went away, the first down runs stopped working. It just felt like the Bills did not have another punch. They just didn't have another thing to do, and that, that should be your passing game. Uh, and they just couldn't really push the ball down the field, you know, except for these situations where guys were running open and they dropped it, one of whom is your highest-paid skill player. You got away with an Allen fumble on that drive, too. Yep. Spencer Brown. Uh, here's Bob next. Hi, Bob. Hi, guys. How you doing? All right, Bob. Thanks. I noticed, I noticed something really interesting during the press conference. You probably did, too, with uh, Coach. He said, I wanted points. The time didn't matter. Let's just go to Bill Belichick and Brady, who kind of schooled uh, Josh Allen on a podcast, I think, with Jim Gray, and said, you got to check down. That's the pass you guys are talking about to Diggs. He then tries to get it all. He had it. He was bull rushed. I used to play defensive at Holy Cross. It was kind of like Rudy. I understand that. You can do that. That can happen. It upset the play. He could have hit Diggs, run the clock, get the touchdown, game over. That's the CEO of a company. I think the coach will be replaced. I think Bill Belichick is in the mix. And I think he hung himself in that press conference saying, I didn't care about the time. You have one of the greatest three or four quarterbacks of all time. You may like the guy. He won't be here long. He'll eventually look at it all and say, you've blown it against these guys a long time. We go all through all the what ifs. You're being, you're being awfully liberal with, I didn't care about the time. He said, you're always thinking about it, but the priority is points. Very different. It's a very different thing than I don't care about the time. I don't even think his comment is to be taken seriously at all because, you know, it's just one of these questions where you make sure, you know, what went wrong today, Coach? It starts with me. I, Me, offense, fa- phases, everybody. Everybody is always at fault when they lose, you know, uh, just very generically like that. I don't think it was specific at all. Like, almost it never is in those press conferences with, like, okay, no, why? Because once it gets to why, he won't tell you. And the, the media know that, so they don't even ask him. He's just kind of generalized, um, like the fake punt. The fake punt. Well, he was asked a good question about that scenario, though. I thought, and when he responded with, I, I thought the, the question was probing enough for that scenario. And McDermott then got to, you know, you're always conscious of it, but, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah, too, yeah. But you're always conscious of it, but the priority is to get the points. And then what did this fan hear? Which this is why exactly I, McDermott doesn't want to take those questions. I, I didn't care because he heard. He heard. I didn't care about the cl- the clock, right. which is not what he said. Right. The fake punt, he gave you the same just sort of rote answer about, you know, we saw something. That's interesting. Actually, that was interesting because 
it was said that the Chiefs had 10 men on the field, and I'm not sure that mattered to what the Bills no, they, made. Yeah, I, my understanding is they called that play from the sideline, and they would not have known that right. the Chiefs had 10 guys on the field. Mine too, but he did get a follow-up. The follow-ups are often the best questions. Like, well, what about running your offense there? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. And he said, he referred to the uh, element of surprise. Yeah. It didn't have to fail, but I called it from my couch. Hamlin was inching toward the middle, yeah. and I'm like, Carolyn, they're going to fake it. And wow, Hamlin took, the, took yeah. the snap and just, like, where was the juice? Yeah, no juice. Nothing happened there, really. It was a very flawed-looking play. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, with more next. This is WGR. Back to your calls. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, here. We go to Rob next. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. So uh, I've been agreeing with everything I've been listening to you guys saying last night and today. I I guess I want to ask your opinion on a different look. So do you guys think that this year's season and the parody that was out there is indicative of what's going to be in front of us in, in the coming years. And if that's the case, um, I can't help but think, I mean, we we lost to the world champions, right? We lost to the Super Bowl champions. But we really lost potentially earlier on in the season with some of those mediocre games that we lost and, and pretty much lost out on a even better, higher standard or uh, standing as the top seed in the mm-hmm. NFC. Two games, right? I mean, and would that have played out differently? We may not have even had to play KC. KC might have had to play Baltimore. Um, just thought what your thoughts are and what you think for next year. Is it something we got to factor in? More than the playoffs, but the regular season. Well, I mean, you, you, you always would want to strive to have what Baltimore had and what Kansas City has enjoyed. Uh, and the Bills have not been able to get there. Um you know, for what it's worth, I I never thought I didn't think a lot about it this off season once we knew the schedule because I thought the schedule looked too daunting for them to be the top seed. Um, but it, there's de- the benefit. I mean, how many guys got hurt in the Pittsburgh game? Like I know they were already banged up going into that game from the Miami game, Taylor Rapp and Gabe Davis and others. But I mean, they got wrecked in in that Pittsburgh game, compounding what happened the week before. And, you know, if you're cruising, I mean, Baltimore rested in week 18. They didn't even have to play like the Bills had to play in the Miami game when the guys started getting hurt. 
like the benefit of having, you know, that sewn up, having 13 wins by, you know, by week 16 or something is immense, but they couldn't get there. Yeah, it really would have been a lot. I mean, I know the th- a theme of the Bills season was like the losses they gave away. It would have been a lot to be end up on top of the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens sat week 18. They would have been a favorite against the Steelers had they not. That doesn't mean they have to win. They crushed the NFC West, crushed San Francisco, Rams, Seattle, good teams, Arizona as well. They crushed Detroit. Their crossover game was Detroit. The Bills was Tampa. Yeah, not terrible. They both made the second round, but quality win for Baltimore there. Their division, every team in their division finished above 500. And they only split those games, partly with mm-hmm. the the Steeler loss. So, I mean, they had a, an immense season. It, it the Tennessee year was different and the Bills lose 13 seconds. That's one where it might have been like more attainable and you can parse their season. But I don't know. This year, with their injuries and just like offensive philosophy changes and stuff, I, I'm not going to. I'm not walking into the offseason thinking the Bills should have been the one. You know, like no. K- Kansas City. It was almost incredible they made it to the two. It is. From I where agree. They, from where they came from. And Kansas City blew games themselves. Like they. Lost to Denver. The Bills also lost to Denver. They lost to the Raiders at home. Um, maybe they, you could make sort of the same case for them. Um, that's not the question, though. But of, car- of course it's important. And I think, and this could, I'll keep this short, but it'll, it'll last a long time. Like What happens this week between those two teams? You either get Mahomes is too good, why bother? Another Super Bowl, four appearances already, and you've got the likes of the other guys like Allen just waiting, and Jackson, if Jackson loses, QB narrative stuff, I admit, or Baltimore goes, and then you've got Mahomes with three and two wins, and they own you in the playoffs. Burrow's beaten you in the playoffs and been to a Super Bowl separately. Jackson will have gone and will have won two MVPs. The only guys with two MVPs that are not in the Hall of Fame are Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. And like, Allen doesn't have to come in like fourth on that list. I'm not ranking them this way, mm-hmm. but the other three guys will have all gotten there. Hardware, yeah. One one MVPs, one AFC championships. Whereas the Bills, I'm, I'm, this is also not to blame Allen at all, really. But you're you're sort of next. You're down on the list if if the Ravens mm-hmm. get there now and even win. It's just like sort of the Bengal re- reality from last year added to with now Baltimore. Um, getting home if they do mike Schopen, the bulldog back after sports this is wgr this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.